Hello, and welcome back to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. I'm Dave. And I'm Chris. And we haven't recorded Dopey in a long time. No, are you sure they're not going to hear the, the trucks and stuff outside? Maybe they will. Mm. I don't care. You need your nicotine. Yeah, I'm smoking a cigarette on Dopey. Dave is a heathen. He's smoking a cigarette in the middle of his room, and all he does is open the sliding door where the wind blows in. But then there's a, ro- a window in the kitchen where the wind blows out. Does it work so that way? Yeah. Mm. Did you smell cigarettes when you came in? I didn't. No, you didn't. I have almost no sense of smell. But on Dave's heathenry, I will also say that he just ate, he said he needed sweets, chocolate in particular. Yes. And he just ate honey bunches of oats with his dirty little hands. Out of the box. And the box he just revealed is over two years old? Well, let's see. <laughs> is this box of more sobriety than Best when used by March 3rd, 2015. That's bad. Yeah. It tastes okay. You want to taste? I don't want to taste. We'll get some chocolate after this. Well, I don't feel badly about it. It's not bad. But Chris told me something very fascinating. I don't know if anybody likes honey bunches of oats out there. Yeah. I don't love them. That's why I still have the box from 2014. But um, Chris told me they have a cereal called Just Bunches. I don't know if it's still out. Which would tell me that this cereal... I don't know if you guys eat it, but in Honey Bunches of Oats, you have all these bullshit flakes, and then you have bunches of oats that are delicious and put together with honey, and they're so good, and a cereal with just the bunches. Yeah, but the flakes is what makes it healthy. The flakes aren't healthy. None of it's healthy. It's better than the bunches. The bunches are just little sugar nuggets. Wow. that's Maybe they should just call the cereal Sugar Nuggets. I'd buy it. That could be a good band name. Sugar Nuggets. Sugar Nuggets. You know what Opening I Opening up for the string cheese incident and disco biscuits. You know what I always... Sugar Nuggets. You know what I always thought would be a great band name? There's this phrase in psychology, LFT, low frustration tolerance. That's a hardcore band. That would be a hardcore band, right? Yeah. yeah. That's a good name, right? For a hardcore band. Yeah, but whatever. And they Not call that themselves listen. LFT. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. How about... Uh, What's we, your band called? It's called SMI. Yes. <laughs> it's called severe mental illness. You had about a three foot gap to make that. He just tried to throw his cigarette out the door and now it's burning on the floor. His, yes. his hardwood floor. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think you just got you just tapped you tapped the, my musical inspiration. He tried to throw a cigarette out the door. And now he tried burning. to throw a cigarette out the door. Now it's just burning on the floor. He has severe mental illness. <laughs> Low frustration tolerance. He's addicted to the vape. Alright. Let's go. They want to hear you play. You know what you're hearing? Awesome. One, two, three, four. Ever in debt. Building standing set. Standing their ground to defend against the rest. We're all at odds. Don't forget your bets from the roof. I yell. You hardly break a sweat. Sabotage is no longer camouflage. It's almost in the open, so you better quit your jobs if you had one, which you don't. I can't say it looks too good. It could be a mirage pointed at your head. I think it's time to dodge. Good. And I haven't paid my rent and my money's all been spent. I plan to take it over, but I haven't made a dent. I lost some folks I used to call my friends. They'll all be back when I'm on my feet again. But 
Sabotage is no longer camouflage. It's almost in the open, so you better quit your job. You can't say it looks too good. It could be a mirage. You point it at your head. I think it's time to dodge. Forever a long time to pay that kind of price. Might think you saw it coming. Could have just been the northern lights And a long time away It's an hour, an hour from when I don't remember when it started Thursday or Friday or then again It could have been forever in debt But like Danny said I'm back to the beginning Got no time to second guess And yes, I'm easily impressed By the ways you do confess Control the situations By the moves inside your dress But I gotta go, got nothing left to say What time is the show, I can't anyone say I gotta go, got no more time today Tomorrow is a long time from today Tomorrow is a long, long time from today Tomorrow is a long, long time from today I'm impressed, like it's some vape knocks Pretty sweet, right? Honestly, that was really good. Hey, I'm not easily impressed. And I was impressed. Are you going to come <laughs> see us on Saturday night? Is it this Saturday? This Saturday night at the <laughs> Sidewalk Cafe in uh, the Lower East Side in the East Village on 7th Street and Avenue A. Yeah, you can actually get a last name with that uh, mysterious Dave. What's that? Dave from Dopey. If they come see you, you said when it is. Oh, and it's free. They'll meet you in person and they'll get to know the real Dave. And it's free. Mm. You know what my band is called? It's a horrible name. What? Filthiest Nation. Really? Yeah. It's pretty filthy. Remember when people used to like say filthy as cool? Never like, in my that's world. Filthy. Was that a Boston thing? I don't know if it was. Yeah, it was. A, I don't know if it was a Boston thing, but it was when I was in Boston. My friends used to say it. They also say wicked like, cool. Yeah, that's like a forever. That'll always be around. At my job, I get to make fun of people from Boston every day. They're good sports about it. No, honestly, I like poking fun at you. That was really good. You like it? Yeah, I like. Like, I would listen to that. Like, even if I didn't know you, you're moved. That's good. One of those moves. I haven't seen Chris in how long, Chris? Uh, a no, month, two weeks, three weeks, three weeks, at least. You know what I did? You went to Disneyland. I went to Disney World. Disney World. Disneyland. What's that from? Disneyland. I don't know. Disneyland. I went to Disney it's, World. Oh, it's Adam Sandler in the movie. We get. Dan Wayne gets shot in the head. Disneyland, do you remember that? No, I'd say. Um, that sounds like a movie you'd see in rehab many times. <laughs> I went to Disney World, I went to Epcot Center, I went to Disney's Animal Kingdom, and I went to um, uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios. Really? With my daughter and her mother. Did you see Poe? Poe. The panda from Kung Fu Panda? He's not a Disney <laughs> character. Oh. But, um... Would she have been scared if she saw Poe? No, she's not scared of Poe. She's scared of the bad guys in Kung Fu Panda. Uh And she was scared plenty in Disney World. Was she? But I have to tell you that Disney World, like every other place that is uh, sort of institutional, just reminds me of rehab. Why? Because we stay in a resort, like a shitty Disney resort. And, um, you know, you stand online and you get your food from the cafeteria and you pay for it, like, with a wristband. And uh, there's smoking sections where people just sit around and smoke cigarettes. And it yeah. just, it's like what Disney World reminds me of is like rehab, but it's with active Disney addicts. <laughs> Every person there has a Disney shirt on and a Disney hat 
and they're from like if you go to rehab it's like they're from all these like rural places and yeah. weird places and they're all just fucking weirdos if you go to a fancy one they're from like kuwait and like all over the i've never been to a very fancy rehab wait so did you just come up with this right now the comparison of disney to rehab or were you walking around disney world and being like this is rehab i was walking around disney world thinking this reminds me of rehab and then i i, I brought uh the book the basketball diaries so when i wasn't sitting with uh my daughter and her mother, I would be smoking cigarettes like I was at rehab, reading a book about a junkie. <coughs> it just... And then posting pictures of it, of Disney World, being like, the happiest place ever, and just looking miserable. Well, that's my, my classic irony. That is irony. Yeah. You liked it. I did. Yeah. I did like What's it. What's not to like? I feel like other people liked it, too. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Yeah. Um, but uh, you don't think that you could see the... Where I'm going with this? Yeah, Disney the bands. World well, I was thing. thinking like the bands, and then the group of people like in the smoking sections. It reminds yeah. me of the hospital more than like a rehab, you know. Well, it's like rehabby because the food. You're in a cafeteria, <laughs> and there's people that work there that are unhappy to serve you. Yeah, like at rehab, and there's this huge turnover just constantly, yeah, constantly coming and going. People with like, their bags. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah, it's like hard to get a smile out of those people. You exactly. have to like really go out of your way. That's like rehab. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was very, very. It was like the maintenance men, or like the the people who aren't counselors in rehab people that like work there and they're just like they fucking nothing to the do. Yeah, exactly <laughs> or yeah. the the fucking poor like haitian cleaning ladies <laughs> oh my god he must have been titled brats yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. It, it's like we all go there and we all have more money and they serve us and we're disgusting just like rehab <laughs> yeah. it's like classic it, it really the more we we're back about, every like then we come Every back five inside. years, they come back. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I remember you. Yeah. <laughs> you threw up in the, the hotel room or whatever. But um, And then their kid gets a drug and alcohol problem, and they can't even go to that rehab, which is even more fucked up. What do you mean? Because it's usually expensive as fuck. Right. Even the ones that aren't expensive are really expensive. Do you know what I mean? If, unless you're like middle class America or better well, you, have, I told you, you have no chance of sending when I went to Renaissance, unless there's like some sort of state funding or something when I went to Renaissance I had a quote unquote scholarship did you get fully scholarship I got half yeah they do that a lot so it's, it's still a fucking fortune it's still a fortune yeah but um that's the one thing about rehabs that you can it's always negotiable the price is always negotiable I wonder if there's a scholarship to Disney World uh, there's gotta be dude what did we say about the burping oh yeah one of our emails that we're gonna read they told me to stop burping it's gross you know, the, the longer I've known Chris, I'm sure I've said this before, but I really want to say it again. Chris seems like a really smart guy. And he is a smart guy. But he seems somehow refined and mature if you get him in small doses, especially in rehab. When you come into rehab and you're all fucked up and you meet Chris, he seems like he has his shit together. I'm good with parents. That's because you're a fucking bullshit artist. <laughs> Okay, and then what are you following this up with? But I'm not, basically. Well, as time goes on, well, I'm much older than Chris. How much, what the hell do you? 31. Yeah, I'm 10 years older than Chris. But, like, the age gap is only growing. Growing by the day. But it's also because I have a child and a job and responsibilities, and Chris fucking packs a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and hits the road. Hey, that was, I, I thought it was responsible of me that I actually packed the sandwich. Wow, that's because I, I was I was hesitant about paying for your dinner, which but I felt did. guilty about. No, I did. You know why? Love and service, my brother. There Love and service. There's your spiritual deed for the day. 
Yeah, and that's not even the only deed I did today. You want to hear something fucked up? So I recently, I um, oh god, I work. I'm a waiter in a restaurant, and I'm and I'm working, and um, it was fucking crazy. This dude, I have a table, a six-person table, and this one dude sits down at the six-person table. And I'm like, what the fuck is going? And we have Major D's, so I go, yeah. I go, Major D. What the fuck is this? I don't serve one person at a six-person table. Yeah. And and the guy, the maitre d' says to me, it's 420. And he says he's here to celebrate. And I said, I don't care. Put him, yeah. I put him at the small table. But everyone I work with is a pothead. And I yeah. guess he thought that was interesting or fun. So he gave him, gave him to me. I go up to the guy. He orders a, a half a pastrami sandwich, a matzo ball soup, macaroni salad, a knish, a cream soda, and I said, Are you? I said, that's a lot of food. He said, I'm having a smorgasbord. Yeah. I said, okay. And then I start taking care of another table. And then I noticed that Mr. Smorgasbord, his name is Michael, is giggling to himself. And I said, Michael, what's so funny? And he said, oh, oh nothing. I just thought of something that was really funny. And I said, okay. And I start making fun of Michael to the next table. Yeah. Then Michael comes back. Can Michael um, hear you? No, Michael went to the bathroom. Oh, okay. And then he comes back from the bathroom, and he's like, what do you have for dessert? And I was like, why don't you get a chocolate chip cookie? He's like, okay. And he, and he goes, but first I want to have a corned beef sandwich, too. What? Like, Michael, it's just too much food, man. <laughs> and, and, he, and then he goes back to the bathroom, and then, um, then the maitre d' goes to the bathroom, and the maitre d' goes, that dude is giggling to himself in the toilet. I was like, yeah, there's something wrong with him. Yeah. And then they get nervous about Michael, and they start waiting for him. Uh, they, you know, waiting for him at the table. And then he comes back and he eats the corned beef and he gets the dessert and he tips me fifty dollars on a forty dollar check. Wow! So in the end, yeah, it worked out. Michael. Yeah. Anyway, the shift goes on, and these two women come in, old women, disgusting old women. One of them has no teeth and a surgical mask around her neck. And the other one is her lesbian lover, this fat parochial lesbian type with like a heart and a cross on her neck. Okay. And she's like, they're like, what do you have that's gluten free? And I'm like, uh, she goes, do you add flour to the split pea soup to thicken it? Yes. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. And I go and I ask the manager, and they said, sometimes we do. So I said, don't get that. Yeah. Sometimes we have flour to thicken it. I was yeah. like, get a pastrami sandwich without bread, share it, and get some fries. So and, a pastrami sandwich without bread is just a bunch of pastrami. Sure, but it's gluten-free. Okay. <laughs> and I get them that, and I get them some soda. And, um, and in the meantime, some Danish people sit down, and they're a pain in the ass. And then, and then my shift should be over. It should have been over when these nasty women walked in in the first place. So I go up to them and I said, well, can I get you anything else? And they're like, well, we're hanging out. We we're thinking about getting egg creams. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And uh, I walk away and I see them talking to the maitre d'. And it looks like they're upset. Yeah. And I kind of, I've been in this situation before where people are upset in that situation. Yeah. So I quickly intercept them talking to the maitre d'. Yeah. This isn't a drug story. Yeah, whatever. Just keep going. And, um... <laughs> The woman starts saying, oh, well, what about blintzes and cheesecake? And, and I assume that's what she was talking to the maitre d' about. And I yeah. breathe kind of a sigh of relief. But So I tell her what we have and whatever. And then she, she 
we just we determine that the the blintzes and the cheesecake have gluten, so they can't get it. So they get two egg creams. Then the maitre d takes me aside and tells me that they weren't talking about dessert. She was saying how rude I am, how crazy I am, and was I on drugs? So this is a drug story. <clears throat> but wait, you totally must have misrepresented what you said to him because what you said to me was. You told them, don't get the pea soup because they add flour to thicken it and get a pastrami sandwich without bread. Something in your presentation or something. And I, I know Dave. I know his job and I know his style of working. And kind of what Dave does is insult the customers to give them an experience. Yeah, I so, call it cathartic waiter. Yeah, so they, they give them large tips, which works in your favor most of the time. Most of the time. So, but I wasn't doing it, that. I was not doing that with them. The only thing that it could have been was that – my shift should have been over, so maybe I was, like, rushing a little bit. Yeah. But I, w- I know when I do that, and I wasn't doing it. Anyway, I get them the egg creams, and then they ask me if they can speak to the manager. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Then the manager goes over there, and I see the woman with no teeth and the surgical mask is sobbing oh. to the manager. She's weeping. And this yeah. is not the first customer I've brought to tears. Yeah. I've probably brought ten to tears. <laughs> and um, fucking... Uh, the manager starts screaming at me that uh, this is what I always do and I'm obnoxious and blah, 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 blah. It turns out this woman was a 9-11 survivor. Uh, she, she got hurt so badly they had to remove her stomach. Mm. So if she had gluten, she would die. And I was pretty like... Glib and... Yeah, I was pretty blasé about coming to my restaurant and not having gluten. It's just annoying. I didn't know she was going to die. I didn't know she was a 9-11 survivor. Yeah. I think she's a fucking con artist. I feel like you need... If if you really can't have gluten and it's, like, toxic for you, you need to tell people that. Because when people start That's asking That's what the about, manager said to her. Yeah, when people start asking about gluten-free stuff, you just think there's some, like, health person that's, like, on a kick, you know? But there's a point to this story. I leave work miserable over this because the manager was pissed. And he sounded like – his manager's like 29. Yeah. I'm 41. I had been the manager of the restaurant. I had gotten fired because of uh, my drug problem and brought back as a waiter out of sympathy. Yeah. And um, the manager who took my spot is this manager. And he's like, you're like a – he sounded like my father in high school. He said, you're obnoxious. You're like a broken record, David. You always do this to the customer. <laughs> And I leave feeling pretty dejected. And I'm walking home, and I feel on my neck I have some kind of a growth. You're Woody Allen. It feels like a tumor. It's like a ping pong ball on my neck. So I go – there was a point to this story. Yeah, it's just So I out. go to the fucking urgent care walk-in, mm. and um, the guy is like uh, – he's like, oh, I had that too. No, but the guy, I walk in, he goes, how do I know you? And he goes, I know you. You're the obnoxious waiter. You ridiculed my mother when we went to your restaurant. Really? And I said, was I funny? He said, yes. (laughs) And he wasn't upset. And I said, I had just upset these customers. He said, no, you're terrific. Did that help at all? Help with what? Did it vindicate? Like, were you happy that he said that? Yes, I was pleased because I was feeling like a jerk. Yeah. Um, Anyway... So the, here's the point of the story. All day, I'm worried about this lump in my neck. And my sponsor is like, you have to get to a meeting today. Yeah. So I go to a meeting. Uh, 
in the very be- you know, I kind of walk in and when the woman is qualifying, and the first thing she says is she has lung cancer, her husband has throat cancer, and they found it from the lumps in their necks. That was the first thing I heard. Wow. Then I went up to her but after the meeting. Cancer. I went up to her after the meeting and I told her to touch my lump, mm. and she did. And she said, "That's what." Is that what you like. asked her to do? Yeah. You said, "Touch my lump." Yeah. And it's, but I was being. It was, it was in context. It didn't sound so horrible. <laughs> she did, and she said, "Mine felt exactly the same." Really? Yeah. What do you think about that? I've touched Dave's lump, and it is a little weird. You said it wasn't <laughs> weird. It's like a hard vein. No, feel I've it had those hard feel veins. I mean, with two, like this. You mean, you mean three fingers. You feel it? Not really. It's fine. It's good. I might be dying. So Dopey Nation, check it out. First thing, I've been thinking about this today too. When I die from this thing, which is going to happen fairly soon, because the doctor also said it could be lymphoma, which is what killed my mother. Um, when I die from this thing, Chris is going to release all of my old stories. The lost tapes. The lost dopey tapes that have yep. been removed. My stories were straight fire and now they're all gone. Now I tell stories about this. This is my new story that I have a fucking tumor in my neck and my work story. But do you want that to be your legacy? What, dopey? No, that the last thing you do is counter the wishes of your loved ones. That's a good point. <laughs> Dave's smiling. That's a good point. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that, that is to be determined later. But okay, I, let's get some drug shit, dude. I mean, come on. There's a, that was a meeting story. That was a recovery story. I guess. What, there's not a drug story? No, it was good. All right, so, okay, so what's the drug All right, story? we're going to read an email. <clears throat> so we have a bunch of emails to read. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I'm going to start, do it chronologically. First, I'm going to read you. I subscribe to this thing called Listserv. And it's basically this list of like 40,000 emails and they do a lottery and every day they send out, uh, they, they pick a winner. Hold on, hold on. You didn't like my story? I liked it. You didn't think it applied? It no, I thought contact. it was great. Um, so anyways, there's this thing called Listserv and they send out these massive quantities. I'm sorry. They pick somebody from a lottery that belongs to it. There's like 40,000 people. And if you win, you can write an email and it goes out to 40,000 people. If so, you won, would you tell them about Dopey? Yeah, probably. I'd write a story or something. But so every day you get a listserv email and um, it's from some random person. And I usually don't read them because it's a lot of times just like boiled down uh, spiritual advice. That's like if I need that, I'll go to a meeting. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, is it recovery based? No, it's just you can say anything you want. There's what do most people write about? There's been mostly boiled down recovery stuff. There's like, but it's not a recovery re- website. No, it's it's not even a website. It's just you just subscribe to it on a website, and then you get an email every day, and you might win. So there's 365 winners, one every day, and then you write an email, and it goes out to. Have everyone. you ever won? No, I never won. Um, do you think it's, you're a loser? Probably. <laughs> so. Anyway, so I don't usually read them because it's stupid, but I got this one. Um, I got this one listserv a couple weeks ago, and the title was "Methyloxetamine and Dipropyltryptamine. Where do we go from here?" And so that was the subject, and I read that, and I'm like, I actually haven't Did tried. You get hard when you read that. Well, now? I haven't tried either of those drugs, but I know there's some like old school, not even old school, but there are research chemicals. 
Tell us about what research chemicals are. A research chemical was basically like these chemists figure that you can switch a few molecules around and you could create a new drug that was technically legal but would fuck you up. It's, they're all tryptamines. So it's like variations – like most of them are tryptamines. They're like variations of DMT, like dimethyltryptamine. It will be like different versions of DMT and stuff. And then there's other ones. Um, but there's tons of them. And so it was almost endless. There's hundreds of variations and they're all legal and they're fucking really strong stuff. They're like powerful hallucinogenics and there's actually some stimulants and Is stuff They're legal like now? So Bush passed this thing called the Analog Act – which made it so if it contains any, like, set, you know what I mean? Because this was, like, a loophole. If it contains this, like, grouping – I'm going to get this all wrong to the chemists, listen. If it contains this grouping of fucking molecules or whatever, it's technically illegal. Nobody's ever been prosecuted under the Analog Act, but people end up in the emergency room all the time. And so, so – Well, if I wanted dimethyltryptamine, how could I get it? It's actually – they call it research chemicals because you can get it for research purposes. So okay, that's so gonna how be, could I get it? That's going to be my personal story to add to this story because I got my ass kicked by research chemicals in like 2007. So some of the more popular ones that came to fruition is like bath salts. Like they started that was originally a research chemical, and somebody commercialized it and started selling it in stores. Um, when I got them, I bought them from a, a place in Canada. It's like Canada. Wait, RC. bath salts weren't really bath salts. No, you knew they. <laughs> you knew that. <laughs> You're smirking. So. Anyways, so I read this title of this. You know, bath salts came out big on the news when you and me were, were at uh, yeah. Mountainside. Yeah, they actually came to Mountainside to interview the guy who yeah. ran away. Um, so anyways, I read this title of – and I'll get into my research chemical story perhaps after this. But <clears throat> I read this title of this listserv email. So this guy didn't reach out to us directly. We have a bunch of other ones we're going to do where the people reached out. But I wanted to read this one first because it made me – He didn't reach out to us? It made me creamy as you said. Did that. you reach out? I said hard. Did you, out, <laughs> did you reach out to him? Uh, after I read this, I reached out to him, and then he listened to Dopey and gave us feedback. But first, and then he said, "I can read this original listserv email, which wasn't directly to us; it was just to forty thousand strangers." So, <clears throat> and this is going to make no sense to most people, but I like it. All right. So this is the email. I gradually ramped up over the course of about three hours with thirty milligrams MXE sublingual. 10 milligrams MXE sublingual, then 10 milligrams MXE rectal, plus 10... just shoved it up his butt? Yep. Plus 10 milligrams DPT rectal, and finally, 40 milligrams MXE sublingual. Up until about... Wait, wait, So he's talking about how he took it, all this different shit. What have you shoved up your ass? Uh, I've never... They call it turkey basing in California, where you would uh, mix a shot of meth and... And squirt it in your butt. I never did it. You never shoved anything up the butt. Uh, I did shove something up what? my butt to, to hide a syringe. But that's a whole other story. You hit a syringe up your asshole. Dude. It's pretty bad, dude, all right? So I, I think was, that's Dude, no, listen to this. I was, okay, well, we'll tell this story, all right? I was in the Caribbean, and I was shooting lots of coke. And I was really, I, 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 this is even, like, a lot for me to say this on Dopey, all right? So I was shooting a lot of coke, and I got, like, really paranoid, right? Like, the police were after me, which I always did whenever I shot coke. And so in prison, if, like, if your toilets don't flush, all your contraband people shove up their butts. You know what I mean? Because that's, like, the guards are going to come. you flush a syringe? Uh, some of the ones – you could flush almost a bed sheet in there. The toilets are so powerful there. I wouldn't be surprised if you could actually flush a syringe. You broke it and just put it in there. 
Um, so I was in the Caribbean. I got really paranoid that the, that the police were after me and stuff. And so I put <laughs> – this is fucked up. I had one syringe, and I had lost the cap to it. Oh, no. <laughs> and so I put a condom over it because the, the wings, you know, you can't really put it in. I put it, so the wings are like – Oh, my God. And I put it I, – so I like hooped it. I like, hoop it. And I, <laughs> and I put it – I was like, what am I going to do? I was like, hooped it. It's like hooping it is shoving up your butt. You can't like hoop the shooter. So in, in prison, they'll be like – In prison, they'll Time be like – this is the one thing you ever shoved up your butt, and yet you're very casual saying you hooped it. No, no, no. Well, that's a phrase in jail and, and stuff is that you say hoop the shooter, which would mean shove the syringe up your butt. So anyways, I hooped the shooter. I was in like a like a bar fucking – I was like, I think I was in a casino bathroom, and I was Do nervous. Do you think anal sex is ever called hooping? Maybe. I don't know. You ever hooped a big black cock? No. Have you? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Um, so anyways, I hooped the uncapped syringe in a condom, and I was in this casino bathroom. Can't break and I, well, that, well, and not even that. It's you, you can't have an uncapped. So I, what I figured though is I had used all the, the coke. I just wanted to save the syringe. Why? And I thought the cops were outside the Why bathroom. Why did you want to save the syringe? Because that's the only one I had. And I thought the cops. You were, had no more coke though. What were you going to use it for? I'll get more coke. So. The cops. I thought the cops were outside, so I was like, "What I'm going to do is I'm going to hoop the shooter." And I was like, "I can't put it all the way in, so I'm just going to put it halfway in." Oh, right. <laughs> Did you loop it up? My friend in rehab. I told the story. He used to call me Needle Butt because of it. Um, you So I put it, and then it didn't really work because I like stood up to take a couple steps, and like it started to swallow it. So how many inches? <laughs> you know, it started to go up inside. How many inches up your butt did you get? Well, the, the syringe is only whatever, like four five inches. inches, four inches. Yeah, so I put it halfway in, and then as soon as I stood up and tried like? walking, it did started. Like it? I didn't like it. it was why would the needle burst the condom? Uh, and what if the needle goes into your anus? I know. That's then like, what? Then it would have been bad. How do you get it out? That's that's like go to a hospital and get it out. And that's like the most classic doctor emergency room <laughs> hospital story of all time. This rich kid from Boston showed up with a needle in his asshole. <laughs> all right. Let me take a hit of my vape and then we're going to finish this email. Okay. This episode is already too long. I want it to be over. Thank you for listening to the dopey. <laughs> Should I finish it? Yeah. All right. All right, so the guy describes all that shit he took. You know, there's a M M X E. I don't even know what this stuff is, and DPT. I just know it's research chemicals. Up until about 20 minutes after the final dose, I had been sitting up with dim lights on reading a short story collection. And the short story collection is by Jeff Vandermeer, who, by the way, produces some truly surreal fiction that can be incredible to experience with disassociatives. Something struck me as funny, and I put the book What's away. What's a disassociative? Uh, disassociative would be like ketamine or PCP. They're like usually anesthetics. Do you ever read short stories on ketamine or PCP? No. Anyway, continue. Is Some, this the guy that wants to come to my apartment? No, this is different, that's a different guy. Something struck me as funny and I put the book away. I started to think about the cosmic joke, which in my understanding is that we are each a living paradox, unable to comprehend the meaning of existence, but capable of recognizing that fact. I think the cosmic joke Let is me read this email. This email's, okay. I think that's the cosmic joke. All right, joke. shut up. <laughs> this, is, this email's got like another two minutes of reading. 
Um, I then perceived a playable, invisible presence in the room that seemed to be joyfully tickling my sense of irony and humor and pleasantly surprised that I was aware of it. I, I started really tickling his rectum? Shut up. I started to laugh and felt comforted and at peace. At that point, I turned off the lights, lay down, put in my earbuds with Yola Tango's instrumental album, Sounds of the Sounds of Silence. This synergized nicely and lulled me into a trance. I was starting to truly whole for the first time, feeling like I was sinking into a deep pit and no longer present in the here and now. Serious time dilation set in. At this point, a grating track came on and I emerged long enough to switch to Mitski's Bury Me at Makeout Creek. I started to experience massive waves of magnified emotional content from each lyric, phasing in and out between self-awareness and just being, the music itself. The track I Don't Smoke came on, and when the following lyrics played, If you need me to be mean, be mean to me. I can't take it and put it inside of me. If your hands need to break more than trinkets in your room, you can lean on my arms as you break my heart. I knew it was the deity speaking directly to me, offering to accept, validate, and transform every ounce of sorrow I have ever experienced. I turned off the music and was quiet for a little while. Then I felt an incredibly massive wave of gratitude, acceptance, and worship. I am naturally worship? Yes. I am naturally skeptical and have been agnostic as long as I've been able to reason about it. It was like I suddenly became religious, like I re- realized the exact inverse of my normal state. I knew and was embraced by a very specific embodiment of the deity. I started sobbing and thanking God for revealing itself to me, for choosing to grant me a moment of relief from this uncertainty of seeking truth in this life. I slowly reconnected with the present, and time began to pass at a normal pace. At the peak of this experience, I understood it to be completely real and factual. Three weeks later, it's hard to know what to believe. Well, my darlings, I am suffering and I need your help. I know you suffer and I am here for you. Signed to this guy. What's his name? Um, I don't think we're supposed to. He has such a weird name. I don't know if I should say it because it would be revealing his first name even. We'll just say the research chemical guy. Um, so anyways, I started communicating with this guy because you can see as I read that, I was like, this is fucking straight. This is the shit that I read when I was like 13, 14 years old on Arrowhead, the trip reports. And I would be like... I got to try some sublingual MXE. <laughs> but so I read this and I was like, I, I told him the story. I, I, I said, this guy say, Hey man, I used to fuck around with research chemicals a lot. This guy knows a lot more than I used to. And my story, I'll read you our email correspondence in a second. Um, but so when I was taking research chemicals, I ordered a bunch once and, uh, some of them were bullshit. Didn't really do anything. Where'd you get them from? I got them from, China through Canada. So I ordered from a research place, research chemical place in Canada. How got did you say? China. Um, it's actually, it, was, it used to be hard to find the sites. They're Dear hard. Canadian, I'm interested in hooping your goods. Please. No, it's hard. You send them like a Western Union and then you just like do it on faith. But, so listen to this shit though. So I was shooting this one stuff. I was a heroin at the time. So I started shooting these research chemicals, which is really stupid. And I want to say the one I was shooting was like 5 MA, MAO. DMT. It was a type of DMT. You Maybe told this story already. Did I talk about that? Yeah. When I shot it and then just... Okay, so we don't need to tell that one again. But that was my research chemical story when I just got my ass kicked. So I said Imagine it, how it would feel if you got your ass kicked while you were looping the shooter. That would be bad. That would I mean, literally, somebody kicked your ass while you had a needle. <laughs> 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 All right, so anyways, I emailed the research chemical guy... 
told him that little story that I guess I've already told on here. Um, and he responded and said, Hi, Chris. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah, I'd say my drug use is a search for meaning on a good day and escapism on a bad one. Hold on. Do we think that Mr. Uh, oh, and I emailed him and I said, I understand. Like, people take, like, psychedelics is like a search for meaning. Do you know what I mean? I said, I understand that. And that's something I struggled with, which I learned is a fallacy in my life. What was the fallacy? It's spiritual pornography. It's no substitute for a real relationship with something greater than yourself. It's a glimpse. Um, yeah, but are you saying, Chris, are you saying that you don't think an actual spiritual experience could happen on a, one of these uh, Absolutely. Chemicals? Yeah, and I think when people take it in a ceremonial way, it's different. You know right. I mean? Like the Native Americans taking peyote and like, you know what I mean? Like chanting or whatever. Have you ever is. chanted on peyote? No. I, I always get hallucinogenic because I don't even end up taking it with a friend. I'm just doing it by myself in my room because I can't wait. Right. Yeah. Right. I, you've never communed with friends on yeah, psychedelics? Yeah, of course. But I've tripped way more by myself alone in my bedroom, which is a stupid thing to do. Agreed. Yeah. Continue. All right. So I emailed him and he said, hey, Chris, thanks for reaching out. Yeah, I'd say my drug use. Stop that. That's probably so loud. He's eating the fucking two-year-old's. Cereal. Now I bet you. I bet shame. you. If you eat expired cereal, it's an indication that there's something wrong with you. If you eat expired foods at all, especially if they're years old. Oh, red cereal. <laughs> all right. Hi, Chris. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah, I'd say my drug use is a search for meaning on a good day and escapism on a bad one. So he's not sober. He's going to get into that. Unlike you and I, Listen, who are sober. I don't think there is any easy path to enlightenment, and I haven't had the discipline to put in the real work. Plus, the shortcuts can be pretty damn fun. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Dopey is pretty good. I listened to episode 18, DXM Bandana Guy, and I'm listening to 19 right now. I don't have anyone with a lot of drug experience in my life right now, so it's cathartic and comforting to listen to your show. Also, I went Your to, show. <laughs> <laughs> also, I went to Loyola in Baltimore with a ton of folks from Long Island, so it's cool to get in touch with that vibe again. These Bay Area mofos are soft. If you'd like to read one of my stories, that would be great. You're welcome to use my listserv email. If you have any questions or, or areas that you'd like to know more about, I'm happy to expand. If you have any upcoming themes and you're looking for material, I may have another related experience that I could share. I may be on the verge of a poly drug abuse problem right now. I don't think I'm afflicted, but I have been dealing with some negative consequences and still choosing to use. I would selfishly be interested in talking about that on your show just to get some shit straight, and maybe you would help some other listeners too. I won't be in New York City anytime soon. How's your Skype recording game? I have a good mic here and could record my end of the convo. Cheers. The recover research chemical guy. Wouldn't you say that our Skype game is weak at best? <laughs> <laughs> our recording game is pretty fucking weak. We figured out how to use GarageBand. Yeah, that's funny. So, so what do you what do you have to say about that? What do I have to say about it? I think this guy sounds like a real real joy. I like him. I He's it, highly intelligent. We that's can't say sure. his name. Uh, I don't want to do it. It's you, isn't it? Is you writing this whole thing? <laughs> I don't want to say his name. He probably wouldn't care. He seems pretty cool. Is but it I got to honor it. It's not. It's not Oswald. You can have a couple other guesses. Is it uh, Horatio? No. Rumpelstiltskin. Is it Heinrich? Stanley? Nope. Jeremy? Jeremy? Nope. You're out of guesses. It's over. <clears throat> All right. So that's it for this. Then I guess right. Well, do you have anything else to comment on this? 
Just this guy seems pretty cool. You think that's <laughs> what you're going with? That this guy seems cool? Yeah. I when, when Chris responds to any of our emails, oh, we'll get he, he always gets to this place in the email where he writes, My name is Chris, whatever. Check me out on Facebook. No, I say or, feel free and to friend me. He writes, and get, feel free to friend me or whatever. Yeah, because right? I'm so like lousy. He's so serious. loose. He's yeah. so cool with it. I'm loose. But he, he, at first, I, I thought he, the first one he did it Well, with the him. best thing is that I, I respond to the emails personally. And then Dave goes back and reads what I have written to the people <laughs> and then criticizes me for it. <laughs> what? What's wrong with that? <laughs> well, should we get into that on the next episode? Because you... Probably have a wealth of material on one of them where you criticize me very well. Harshly. Chris fucking basically sexually molested a female uh, listener, one of our only female listeners. Coming up next on Dopey. On next on Dopey. Well, do you, what do you think about this episode, though? I think it was all right. I mean, I think you droned on a bit in the beginning. Are you? Why? I haven't told the story in months. <laughs> you're just you're itching to tell something, so it's. So whatever happened. Do you really think my story in the beginning was too droning? No, it was good. It was excellent. I don't need you to tell me it was good. Do you not want me to share stories like that about my fucking tumor? No, I like it. I like Can it. you believe that's what she said about it? That she had the same tumor? It is pretty nuts. I think it's more amazing that the guy at Urgent Care knew who you were. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Have a good evening. Yeah. Dopey Nation, stay strong. Don't forget to email us at Dopey. Podcast at gmail.com, oh, yeah. and more importantly, perhaps, write a review. Write a review that we've been told that people should write reviews on iTunes, because that'll help us get more listeners or something. Please, write reviews, <laughs> pass it on to your friends, or tell us that it sucks. Or check us our, our horrible Instagram Instagram game out at uh, Dopey Podcast on Instagram, which is really just a piece of garbage. <laughs> um, please, feel free. Let us know your thoughts and be well. Be well. Toodles.